DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Craig Bowlerjack. His weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So I assume there have already been many conversations around if there's a broadcast today and what that might look like since there doesn't seem there will be a game. Uh, anything you can enlighten us on now or no? Well, I would be very surprised we play, uh, meaning that that would also be no game, uh, then no broadcast. But again, nothing official has been passed my way, but everything I'm reading, talking with people, uh, it's, uh, it looks like, you know, I would be surprised. I would be very surprised that uh, we see basketball in the bubble again for the second straight day. Yeah, I think that's obvious. Uh, I think that the bigger issue, though, is will we see basketball again this month? PK, I tell you, uh, you know, just uh, I try to, you know, looking for some information from Wojnowski, and then you read Twitter, and it's, I feel like I'm wading through a swamp um, of, of emotion and people who have different ideas of, of what is going on in this world. And, you know, PK, this is an issue that has to be uh, talked about. You have to understand where the black athlete stands and the black community. And I don't know. I think they dictate, PK, honestly, whether we play basketball uh, this season again or not. And then what happens when we try to restart another season in 2021? Uh, is that where ownerships make their stance or their statement on a boycott or what happens with a salary cap. There's a lot of issues that is going to come out of this. So uh, like you, I just, I'm waiting to see, um, you know, what the, the future holds and it's just happening minute by minute. Craig Bowler, Jack, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It seems like the NBA has been – well, that's not true. Let's start again. The NBA has been celebrity-driven for years. It seems like this issue is also being celebrity-driven. We hear the Lakers and Clippers don't want to play. I think a lot of us hear that and think that means LeBron and Kawhi don't want to play. Maybe someone like Anthony Davis has a little bit of a voice in this. I can't imagine Guy 12 telling LeBron what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. So no, is it really – we talk about the NBA. We know 17 teams aren't even in the bubble. There's 13 teams left. But is it really – five to ten to maybe 20 players inside the bubble who are going to decide this? Well, I think, you know, it is celebrity-driven. LeBron is the face of the NBA and will be until he retires. Uh, There are some young young men that are making their statements known, and one is Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, with uh, the the Utah Jazz right here in Salt Lake City. So... um, you know, I think this goes beyond star power. I think talking to the to the jazz players, even uh, you know players that run the bench of you know nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. I think there's a real stand uh, and the meaning, and I think there's always strength in numbers, right? You can have leadership, but also how do the uh, the other ten respond to that leadership? And I think uh, at this point in time. Uh, there's a pretty good number of players who are in are in walking step with the way the leadership of this league is thinking right now with the players. Um, 
you know, what happens when the paychecks don't come in any, anyone's lives, ours, uh, white, black, uh, Latino, you know, money talks, obviously, lockouts, uh, those type of things occur all the time in baseball. We've seen it in the NBA. And then, of course, when the checks don't come, you know, you get to the, to the negotiating table. Table. I'm not sure where this goes. You know, I, I really don't. Um, they, the, the black uh, athlete and the black community are very, uh, uh, I guess the word is determined to have this message sent. And that not only the message, but results. And it does take time, but I just hope that both sides and that people listen and that action's taken and you listen and learn. That's about all you can say about this. And hopefully movement will be made and progress can be made. Oh, I'm sorry. I passed out for a second when you said when the checks start, stop coming. Maybe a little <laughs> went right well, to my you know, head. Pete, my, my point is, you know, I think that, again, when it comes down to, you know, Everyone needs money to live on, right? And sure, these athletes, yeah. And so you know, it's that seems to be also a, a great bargaining tool, and it has been for for eons. You know, for a uh, way that the contracts are are made, and of course, we're going to have a situation where uh, you know, where the, the the league has to build a luxury tax. Uh, they have to have a a financial plan. The teams have to know what the salary cap will be. Uh, man, it's it's a complicated world, PK, plain and simple. If the league wants to continue to play, is my point, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want oh, to yeah. sh- if, you, if if you want to shut it down, sell it off, then you know <laughs> that's the obviously obvious wild option. But what will the owners do? I don't know. I don't know. They're they're on a board of governors meeting, I think, as we speak. Uh, so where do we go? There's there's a lot of a lot of issues that have to be discussed. You know, there's a, it's such an informal thing here. But I'm wondering in your neighborhood, and you live close to me. I've had like three, four guys, and then I go to the gym, and I had some guys that say, "Oh man, this just totally turns me off. I'm never going to watch it." Mm-hmm. Have you had any of that? And do you think that's oh, yeah. a, a long term concern? No, I don't. I think the love of the game and what we are, you know, society-wise, sports is such a great getaway. What we're doing now is something I never thought, PK, and you guys are in my bracket of longevity and journalism and broadcasting, is that when I first started, there was never a political uh, sports uh, angle, right, in the sense of a discussion of either one of those crossing into the other. And that's what the anger from what I've gotten from many of the people I run across is, you know, how dare this happen that my, my moments, my time of relaxation and entertainment is being disrupted by, uh, by political issues. And so that's the difference that's happening. I think right now, PK, it, don't you get that same sense? People are angry that, that this is now crossed over into um, into a realm of where, you know, we're just supposed to sit back, yell, scream, be entertained for three hours, and then go on with our day, and that we love our team and we support them. Um, but this brings up an ugly matter that's uh, difficult for many to, to try to discuss and handle. Yeah, but it seems like no matter what the answer is, it's never the right answer because Jor- too. Jordan took heat because he wasn't political. And yeah. I'm... You know the the uh, I the first half of Muhammad Ali's career I have no memory of. 
Um, and then maybe when he comes back and the, you know, the thriller in Manila, you know, I'm still in elementary school, but okay. So I've got some memory of that, but I can remember when he was coming back and, and my dad and my grandfather were both big boxing fans. I, I never really got into it, but I can remember dad saying something about him and my grandfather being so mad he didn't want to talk about it. No, no. Uh, you know, I'm, I've got a few years on you and I remember Cassius Clay, uh, very, um, Man, changed the world of boxing, and of course, Rome—a gold medal in 1960. I'm, I'm, I'm young, but I'm going back at a, a time, you know, when you look back. And I, I, for some reason, I loved heavyweight boxing uh, growing up, and there were so many names—the uh, Larry Holmes, the Leon Spinks—you um, know—and uh, the names just continued on. I mean, and Muhammad Ali. Then, after uh, he refused to serve our country in the military, was stripped. Of his um, of his title, and then came back and obviously was given the opportunity to to get back into the ring. And it was really an amazing process of of of, of men and women who despised the man, and then he became beloved. I remember I was in Indianapolis uh, when I was working for CBS, uh, and he was in the booth with us at um, at the Final Four. And at that time, he was very weakened in his, uh, you know, his health, his mental state at the time, but still had enough energy. He was put on kind of like uh, uh, magic tricks. He was very um, uh, friendly, kid-like, liked to entertain. And then he talked to you in his uh, low voice that he was still the greatest of all time. But I will say, when he walked out and went to the floor for a halftime, the, the, the seas parted. Uh, it was an amazing thing to see. Uh, the love uh, of of one individual uh, at that time who went through his own personal hell, but he stood with his own decisions not to to uh, to serve our country. But yet, sometimes people's memories are short. I don't know. That's a really interesting uh, discussion and something that you have to almost bring a psychologist into PK. Because again, I, I was wowed as a young young man by. Cassius Clay, then Muhammad Ali, but I also knew many individuals who would never call him by his Muslim name. He was always Cassius Clay. So that was the, the discussion that, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s was such a, a big thing, whether you supported Muhammad Ali or not. I never thought that we would have the discussion of the Thrilla and Manila this morning, but nevertheless, that's either. what we have. And I think we need to update it. We need to have a 2020 version and have it right here in our community along the Wasatch Front. And I'm thinking we call it the Flurry and Murray. <laughs> the Flurry and Murray. <laughs> Pretty good, PK. Pretty good. You know, I wish I was. I think. Don't encourage this, him, Bowler. You're going to hang up the phone, and you're going to leave me here holding the bag with this, Bowler. Bowler, don't stir the pot and then run. I know. I think some people probably feel feel they need a little flurry and Murray. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a real it's a it's a real real situation that's facing us in real time, right in 2020. So. The flurry and Murray. What is it? There's some fast food dessert or something like it's an ice creamish like kind of cold. McFlurry. It is a flurry. McFlurry. Oh, McFlurry. Is that it? Yeah. I knew there's something. It comes yeah. back to food. PK, you did it. You got me talking food. <laughs> good on you. That was a good reach. Food is good. Um, I I hope we play basketball. Uh, that's what I me love too. doing. But I also. 
trying to step back and, and breathe a little bit. And again, I've always, you know, been talking to, about listening, learning. Thurl and I've had a lot of conversations and Ron Boone about this and I've learned a lot, guys. I really have. And it just takes, you know, a moment or two just to sit and talk both sides of the coin. And, um, I got a lot of respect for T, got a lot of respect for Ron. Uh, they've lived much more different lives than you and I. Uh, have and uh, I'm just trying to understand it and I think that's the best thing I can say at the moment I really I it bothers me man I'm upset right now um, I like to work as you guys do but again the crossover uh, with politics uh, and social issues and sports has never sat well with anyone and I mean that goes back way back as I was trying to explain TK with with Ali those that's a long time ago but still, it kind of tells you also not much has changed, even though I think many of us thought it had. And here we are. Yeah, I know we're probably not even allowed to broach this because some people are going to be offended. But this has been a whale of a series, man. And I would love to see it go to its conclusion because I have enjoyed this series between the Nuggets and the Jazz thoroughly. Well, it's in my book, uh, most entertaining series of, in the bubble. Uh, I mean, Donovan has been outstanding, and uh, as we know, Jamal Murray, those two trading buckets for buckets uh, over games four and five, and then Murray went off again and and scores 42. Jokic, you know, the big guy takes it outside and just buries threes uh, when you don't want a three by a seven-footer to go in. But, you know, I think the Jazz, when they were up 15, lost in focus, thought they'd already maybe punched their ticket to the second round, but you know, there's a lesson here also in sports and in life. You know, you've you got to, you know, you've got to play it through. And uh, hopefully the lesson's learned if they play. If, you know, and right now that doesn't seem like the important issue for many. I know the players probably have no, uh, very little interest in getting back on the floor. And if and when they do, you know, I don't know how the fans will react. I know there's anger. And uh, I guess we just have to, wade through this, but also, again, try to learn lessons along the way. Buller, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for the uh, the chat. Appreciate it.